All right, what is up, Bragger League? I'm sitting here. This is your boy, Kamish. I got my man, Mr. Josie Gibbons. What up, Bragger League? And then I've also got the one and the only, Mr. Logan Groves. Welcome back to the show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be back. Absolutely. So I'll go ahead and address the elephant in the room. My fearless and oh-so-gracious partner, Mr. Brett McIntyre, was unable to join us for... Uh, the podcast this evening. So it'll be the three of us uh, knocking out this for you. Brett, we miss you, bro. Um, so what we've got for you is uh, we're going to do a mid-season recap. We're going to do teams six through one. So last episode, we hit you with uh, the bottom six. We're going to work our way uh, up into the top six. And uh, it's going to be a good show for you. Uh, we're going to try and Keep it a little bit under that hour and a half mark that we hit you with last time. Uh, but we'll see. You never know. This could get heated. Uh, it could get crazy. We could cuss each other. We could, you know, hug each other. We really don't know how this thing's going to play out. So with that being said, let's get into the famous hugger himself, Mr. Brett McIntyre. So Brett's team sitting here ranked currently in the number six spot with a record of four and four. And our initial projection was that Brett would end up in the top six. He started with a strong team. Uh, we really liked a lot of uh, what we saw. Um, Grubbs, what, just hit us with some, I don't know, just some initial thoughts. Like, how do you feel about Brett's team so far this year, uh, just, uh, just as a general overview? Well, the general overview for Brett is the man makes trades like they're going out of style. Um, that ain't no joke. Uh, he's got 14 trades through eight weeks. So he's averaging almost two trades per week of the season, <laughs> which is really astonishing when you think of it. And I, I took a quick review of the trades because, you know, we're like trying to figure out what the, you know, what, what has led to success or failure for Brett. And you can't, you can't pinpoint anything because his, te- <laughs> his team turns over every two weeks. Um, so, like, there are no key moves, really. Um, we have uh, seven of the 14 trades he's made have involved at least three players on one side of the deal. Yeah. So we're not talking about a little one-for-one deal or a two-for-one. Sorry, we got the Forest General helicopter going on in the background. Sorry for that ambient noise in the background. There is currently a helicopter flying over right now. <laughs> the gardener with the weed eater always shows up outside your window when you start recording the podcast. Um, That's all right. We're going to keep going. We're just going to barrel through. Yeah, so anyway, Brett trades like a maniac. I told him uh, this past week uh, that I was looking ahead one week to face him, and I was trying to figure out what his team would look like, and then I decided midweek that that was a fool's errand because in all likelihood all the projections would be completely thrown out the window, the bye weeks could be thrown out the window because he would make trades. Um, So I mean that as both uh, a compliment and and as something derogatory to a man that has an obsessive need to, to turn over his entire roster constantly. That's right. There's no doubt. And so for, for all the moves that Brett makes via trade, I can't help but there are countless others that Brett begins to negotiate and then just don't don't typically oh, pan with out. with me every week. <laughs> every week with me. So, so Brett, when you when you listen to this, go ahead and uh Go ahead and hit a hit a hit us with a text in the bragger chat about how many trades each week don't get done, uh, and keep us in the loop on those. And not just trades, but just moves overall. <laughs> the man is insane when it comes to the waiver wire. Eighty nine moves in eight weeks. The next highest is forty. Yeah. That's... So he has more than double the next highest in the twelve man <laughs> league. He's he's nonstop. 
That's pretty substantial. It's because he keeps Ed Kumaro in the midweek for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Old Jake the Snake Kumaro. That's right. Yeah, so, so Josie, you mentioned a stat earlier, uh, one thing that was really interesting, uh, interesting about Brett's team, uh, and I'm sure he's going to love hearing this one. What was it? <laughs> so Brett has the unique honor of having... For, honor. It's for an the, honor. For the season, he has both the largest and smallest margin of defeat. <laughs> so week one, Brett and I played, and he, he lost by 61.84. <laughs> Going down for the largest defeat of the season. And then immediately after that, goes into week two and loses to Stinton by .54 after a fumble. Yeah, let, let's never forget the Lev Bell fumble that, that literally <laughs> took Brett, Brett, from, uh, Brett from beating Stinton all the way down to, uh, to that big L. So um, that was pretty awesome. So, well, let's keep moving on here and and like just looking over at Brett's team. Like, what do y'all think that he needs to like be be successful going forward? Right, he's sitting at four and four. Obviously, he's trying to make a push to make the playoffs. Uh, I think we all like Brett's team. Uh, you know, with the moves he's made, receivers are pretty strong. Um, backs are obviously strong. So, what do you, how do you feel and uh, where do you think he can improve? What's he need to do? What's he need to have happen? Well, I think. Uh... You know, I'm looking at his roster right now, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong on this, but I think Kenny Galladay and Zeke Elliott are the only two players that remain from his original draft. Yeah. Um, he's, like, refused to trade Zeke Elliott, and then I don't think anybody has come knocking that hard for Kenny Galladay, and that's kind of his boy anyway. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe Cortland Sutton was on there. I'm not sure. But anyway, point being... Uh, well, if not, he certainly traded for Sutton several times. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, really, he's he's had a, a hole at tight end the whole season. Um, he, he's not solved that one position. Um, but give him a little time, and I'm sure he'll he'll come through. So, yeah, that's kind of the hole that I would say he has in his roster. Um, but, yeah, top to bottom, he's got a pretty solid team. It really infuriates me that I'm facing off against him this week, and he picked up Jalen Samuels while he was hurt. And now, <laughs> and now James Conner is out this week, and I'm facing him. Um, and so he has the backup, and so not only does it hurt me, but it helps him, and, and you know that's pretty yeah. pretty rough on me. Yeah, go, go ahead and talk us through that moment, Grubbs, when we're watching the Steelers game and you see James Conner come in with a 10-point lead against the Dolphins. Go ahead and walk was, us was, through that. It was last Monday night, and I'm, I'm looking at Mike Tomlin going, what kind of an idiot coach would leave their star running back in with under two minutes left to play in the game to ice the game when you're already up by multiple scores. And Mike Tomlin is the answer to that question. He's the idiot coach. And on the very last, well, I guess it wasn't the last play of the game, but on the last drive for the Steelers, AC joint uh, injury for Connor. I thought it was going to be a clavicle. I thought he was out for the season. The, the trainer mouthed the words clavicle. I saw it happen. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's collarbone. He's gone for the year. Luckily, it's just AC joint, but I thought he may play this week, but obviously that's not happening. And now Brett benefits because he's a, you know, jerk. Yeah, cer- certainly a key to the week. <laughs> so Brett's got one of those teams that he his record does not really represent his team. He's 4-4, four and four, but he's got a solid team. I think he's got good puzzle pieces. They just have to fit, and they have to hit on the same week. Um, he's had several games where he, he lost matchups by a small margin. He has the record for that, so yeah. Um, and so I think just having his guys perform at the same time to, to get the W is going to be important. But he, he's definitely a team that when I look forward to my matchup with him, I'm thinking, okay, I've got to be ready for that because it's he, he can put up some points. He's just got to have each of his players 
perform on the same level each week. He's got a dangerous roster for sure. That's right. Yeah, Brett, we're certainly rooting for you. All right, let's keep it going here with uh, let's move to current rank number five, old Mr. Chocolate and Vanilla himself, Mr. Tyler Reed. So T. Reed's sitting here at a record of four and four, feeling really good about himself, I believe. Uh, unfortunately, looks like we were wrong again. Uh, we initially put T. Reed at the in the bottom six. I didn't love it. Uh, I never loved putting T. Reed in the bottom six. I really don't ever like saying anything negative about T. Reed in general. Uh, it's just kind of a rule that I have. Um, but uh, there, there is one thing uh, I would like to see an upgrade of the team name. I think Romosexuals is good, and I think it's funny. But we, I just think that we can we can move beyond. But I don't know. Maybe we could talk how that long, How long has Romo been out of the league? Uh, <laughs> long enough to be in the booth for two and a half years. <laughs> So so whatever whatever that timeline looks like, that's that's about how long it is. So anyway, T Reed, uh love you, bro. Don't love the team day. Alright, so just just in a general as an overview of T Reed, like T Reed's never gonna wow us with moves. I think he's made eight moves on the year. Um but his team is strong, right? So it's eighty one fewer than Brett for those kind of those of you keeping tabs at all. <laughs> Gosh. He's ahead of him in this day. <laughs> Uh, so T. Reed's actually laid down a lot of points. He's sitting at eight forty-seven, which is fourth in the league. That's trailing only uh, only uh, the three ahead the the three ahead of him minus Stu Shoemake, who <laughs> we'll get to in just a second. But so the the guys ahead of him, Shelby, uh, Josie, and uh, Stinton. Uh, so fourth in the league. Uh, one of the unique stats though that we saw earlier was that. Uh, T. Reed's average margin of defeat is a whopping 38.67, which is the most in the league. And that's just one of those quirky stats within in the four games that he lost. Like, T. Reed looks like, man, you just get just destroyed. So uh, it may not be indicative of your team. may be indicative that you have a real boom bust. Uh, what are y'all hey, thoughts on that? When he wins, he wins. And when he loses, he's like, ah. Yeah, my man doesn't halfway what's, do what's anything. He's going to take a week off. That's it. That's right. Wow. Now. Now we're catching a uh, Mustang going down hillside at midnight. Um, <laughs> we will great audio content. I know, guys. right? Um, no, I, I mean, I would say I, I prefer to lose by 38 points when I lose. Like, I don't want to lose by one point and realize, oh, man, if I'd have just swapped this one player and I was on the fence on it all week, I would have, you know. When you're, when you're down 38 points, you know that you had zero shot to lose. There's no regrets. That's right. Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> So we will move to uh, to even though he's a man of few moves, it seems like he makes the right ones. One of the one of the biggest moves for for Tiri pretty recently actually, and you know un- unfortunately our man J Ball was kind of on the receiving end of this, but uh, Tiri made a pretty crucial trade not too long ago in which he moved DJ and uh, Brandon Cooks for uh, the Chargers backs and Robert Woods. So uh, at the time there wasn't a huge bit of injury news on DJ. Um, but as it turns out, the since the move, David Johnson has only played like two or three snaps, <laughs> and uh, and uh, the Chargers' backs have been fine, and Robert Woods has been fine as well. So that's certainly a move that uh, the T. Reed is is greatly benefiting from. And you know we'll, we'll see. We still have one week to see what uh, what J. Ball does with David Johnson. So let's move to a, a little bit about T. Reed. So like, what do you what do you guys think that T. Reed needs to do? 
differently in order to advance and make it into the playoffs. So obviously we know number one is that he gets a new team name. But what's what's the <laughs> second thing after that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, he's got some bye week issues this week. He's got Robert Woods, Mike Thomas, and Matt Ryan all on a bye. Um, so just just uh, roster construction wise, when those guys come back, he should be pretty solid. Yeah, top to bottom. Thanks thanks to getting out from under the D Jack D. I mean D Jacks. Uh, <laughs> David Johnson injury yeah. and the Brandon Cooks second multiple concussion. Yeah. Um, how, but how good has Matt Ryan been? This Matt, year? I mean, Matt Ryan. I mean second second year in a row, and Matt Ryan. I mean he's playing for a terrible Falcons team. That's right. And he's helped once again by the defense completely imploding. That's right. And so they're in a shootout scenario every week where they're trying to come back. And so, uh, and and the I don't think Dirk Cotter's ever had a had an offense that can run the ball at all, and yeah. so you're you see you're looking at a team that just throws the ball constantly, and he's got I mean he's got multiple I mean when you look at when you look at Hooper when you look at Julio, they just traded out from under Sanu just so that Ridley could get more uh, PT. So I mean you're you're looking at a lot of really good. Uh, targets for him to throw to, and I mean, Matty Ice just continues to get the job done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like he's a robot back there. He seems to always make the right read, checks down when it's appropriate. Like just, just a just a great quarterback. Yep. Yeah. So T. Reed actually has a, a good schedule moving forward. Um, of the next five games, four of the the teams he's going to come up against are in the bottom, um, and so I I think he's. I think he's in a good spot as long as he stays on top of it, um, stays active. I think he'll be all right. He just, he just can't afford to slip up, but I think he's going to be good when it comes to his matchup. Yeah, that's the biggest thing is when it, when he hits one of those bust weeks, he just can't bust too much. Um, I think he'll make it just fine, and hopefully he's playing me week one of the playoffs. <laughs> well, Side note, huh? Just, I hope, gosh, I hope so. Sneak that into the radar. <laughs> All right, yeah, so so T. Reed, wish you the best, bro. Uh, all right, let's move on to our man, Mr. Studell Shoemake, who's currently sitting in fourth place with a record of 5-3. and three. So he moves out of 4-4 four and four land into the 5-3. and three. Uh, And initially we projected uh, Stu Shoemake in the uh, top six, I believe. Stewie, ch- check me if I'm wrong. Hit us, hit us in the group chat if, if we missed on that. But uh, I remember Brett was – I think Brett even put you as the dark horse to win the league. So, and I think it was the uh, the Patty Mahomes to Tyree Kill connection, which, by the way, still a little upset about that. Still a hair upset. Um, uh, but it was really like your your boom potential, um, just as an over. Wait, hold on, pause. What are you upset about in your matchup with him specifically? Is that what you're saying? You're what? upset about Patty Mahomes and no, the Tyree Kill I'm connection. Ups- I'm I'm upset about Tyree Kill. Yeah, absolutely. Still, you're up. What, I don't know what you're upset about. Was is has he not been on Stu's roster this entire time? Well, no. I mean, like there was that thing in the draft where like we were bidding really high. Oh, like, yeah, this is draft day yeah, talk. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Clarity now. I'm I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Well, look. I mean, like I will hold a grudge in a heartbeat. Like don't don't you think I won't? <laughs> but you know, and, and look, as it turns out, Tyreek Hill missed some time, and that's always a risk when you're the fastest, most explosive player in the league, and. <laughs> You know, your muscles just are more prone to <laughs> your bones are more likely to break. That's right. Yeah. I mean, look, what, hey, it's not my fault he's incredible, right? <laughs> so, anyway, still a little salty about losing an Allen on him on draft day. Got it. All right. I'm on board um, now. But so, just just uh, overall, like, Stewie is he's obviously been the Christian McCaffrey show. The, the man is 100% on fire. And, like, Grubbs, you were hitting me with a couple of McCaffrey stats earlier. 
Yeah, I think uh, if I, I now I know we're not in the PPR league, but I I heard it at least as of last week before last week's game, he was five PPR points per game uh, higher than anyone else in the league. So I mean, it, <laughs> I mean I think Dalvin Cook was second, and it was like. Uh, an entire five points per week is huge, and that's not con- that's not that's just over the second second place guy in the league. We're right. not talking about the rest of the field where we're, where he's lapping us. So I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the uh, he's the rising tide that lifts all boats of your fantasy team. Yeah, they freaking just give him the rock. And what's so surprising, probably there, I would say about Stewie's five and three start is that like Patty Mahomes has has been hurt. Like you know he hasn't you know yep. he hasn't really been on the field right, and so I just think that. Uh, you know, I think that's impressive that you can, you know, you obviously spend a lot of draft capital on him, but uh, for him to not be on the field has certainly been uh, hurtful. Yeah, he's... yeah, so what? one thing you can definitely say about Stu's team is he is efficient. <laughs> he's, he's sitting at 5-3. and three. Four of those wins come with 94 or fewer points. He's oh. got a win with 94, 93, 90, and 86. Now... He he does have both a win and a loss over a hundred points. So I mean, he he's gotten over the hundred point mark. But to win four wins with ninety four fewer points, that is efficiency at its finest. He's actually the only team in the top six that has fewer than eight hundred points. Uh, there are actually two in the bottom six that have over eight hundred points. So <laughs> yeah, I think I might be one of them. <laughs> I'm one of them. He's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> two, but two for three on the podcast. <laughs> he has won with with some low numbers, but hey, wins are wins, and so yeah, record comes before points, and he's done it when he needed to do it. So, good job, Stewie. Yeah, had a boy, Stewie. So, so some of the some of the key moves. Uh, yeah, Austin Shoemake's not gonna blow us away with moves either. But one one of the trades, Stewie. Uh, just me and you was our was our Alshon and Dak trade. Um, so you had to be feeling pretty good uh, with Mahomes. Uh, I was looking to move uh, whomever I could to get Dak. So we, we spent a lot of time on the Dak trade in another podcast, so we won't belabor that. But So I think that was a pretty good move for you to get that extra wide receiver, somebody that can actually get in the end zone for you. But uh, two of what I would say are probably your biggest moves um, are going to be not so much what you did, but more so – what you did not do. So two of your key moves, I think, are that one you didn't you did not drop Chase Edmonds, who a couple of weeks ago you started for some reason when David Johnson was supposed desperation to, start was supposed to play, uh, and Chase Edmonds uh, comes out for uh, I don't know 120 and three touchdowns, like something just totally bonkers. Uh, the second thing that you did not do is that you did not drop. The one and only Mr. Kenyon Drake, who uh, now coincidentally has moved from the worst team in the league to the Arizona Cardinals with one of the most explosive offenses in the league. So, those were two of uh, probably what I would consider your your definitely your key moves, definitely some of your biggest uh, moves and moves that you didn't do. Uh, not to mention that Kenyon Drake put up 24 points this week, which is only like five points less than they put up all, all year. Uh, <laughs> Which coincidentally is the same week that you are playing me. So yeah, fantastic, Suey, great. Uh, as the unbiased, uh, you know, one of the unbiased hosts of this podcast, uh, I certainly wish you well and nothing but success in the future. I hate you, Kenyon Drake. So, but there's there's something to be said for sure about 
Kenyon Drake, Chase Edmonds, and Dash, Dak Prescott being on Stu's bench. I mean, he, he drafted Dak Prescott for $1 and then turns into a, a top quarterback that he can trade away yeah. for some wide receiver value. And yeah. Some idiot will trade for him, I assure you. Look, so, Stu's yeah. a homer at heart. Everybody knew that he was taking. We knew that. Everybody knew he was taking Dash Pre- Dak Prescott in the draft. I was tempted to throw him out there for two dollars, hoping Stu would pay three. But everybody knew he was going to get him, and he turned into a, just a stud quarterback opening the season. And so Stu has had some good bench value this season, and it's worked out well for him for sure. Well, and, and I'll say this, Joe, going back to what you just said, and Ben, you saying him keeping these guys on his roster. I mean, Chase Edmonds was, was an elite handcuff. It made sense. Kenyon Drake, before the trade, which obviously none of us knew he was going to be traded. Yeah. Uh, I, I certainly didn't. Well, not until, not until like the rumors started flying week eight. But he had, uh, let's see, there wasn't a single game where he scored over 7.5 fantasy points. Uh, that's the, elite. In the entire season, and he was that was him as a starting running back for the Miami Dolphins. So my point is, is by week seven he would have been on the waiver wire on my team. So I'm I'm saying there was no hope outside of a random rogue trade where he also becomes a starting running back in week nine and you start him on your roster. So I'm just saying like that's I mean Stu is Stu is hit on some things here that have been pretty substantial. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and that's... Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> carry on <laughs> Johnson, right? That's a different guy. That's a different guy, yeah. Not owned currently, actually. Uh, and that's Stewie's MO. Like, my man uh, identifies talent early and then holds on to it. <laughs> rides him. <laughs> rides him, rightly or wrongly. Had a boy Stewie. So, uh, let's move on. A couple, a couple of things that needs to be successful, I think, uh, and really make a splash in the playoffs and, and try and get into that first-round buy. Um, I think the first thing he has to have... Pat Mahomes has to play it right. Um, you know, like, just has to be on the field, has to be the guy that you paid for. Um, second thing, and again, sorry, J-Ball, like, but I think DJ needs to stay out. Like, I think when DJ comes back, it only hurts Drake. Um, it hurts any potential that Edmonds uh, possibly has. Uh, what? Those are a couple of the big things that uh, uh, I see. Uh, what, what, what do you guys see? I mean, Robbie Anderson has a fantastic schedule coming up, and 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 yeah. it's one of those scenarios where Stu took him to be his wide receiver three, and he hasn't lived up to that billing. But uh, he should from here on out. Uh, I mean, at least schedule wise, you gotta you gotta think that with Darnold back and with this light schedule, that should help. Um, but I mean, what really helps Stu the most is he doesn't face a single top six team the rest of the way. So a top yeah. half of the league team is not on his. Yeah on his schedule for the rest of the season. So, I mean, really that you couldn't you couldn't schedule it any better in terms of um of what he has left and and those wins that Joe mentioned earlier that he squeaked those out early. Now, he gets to face a lot easier matchups the rest yeah, of the way. To make it through the other part of the the season with 4 and 4. So, he's made it through every one that was tough and to come out, sorry, 5 and 3. Um so to come out 5 and 3 and now have Five Grubs great, and great matchups and, and Ben and all the easy matchups left in the league. <laughs> Got to be feeling good about that. Of course. Yeah. Now I, I do think he's going to have to put up more than ninety-four points to win those. Gotcha. Well, I hope so. But maybe, maybe not. Have you I seen don't our know, roster man. lately? At, what, at one point, I feel like I scored like fifty-six points in a week. I think that's <laughs> pretty true sure you somewhere. Did. But 
he's proven that he can. He's proven that he can score well over a hundred. And so if Mahomes comes back strong, yeah, he needs Mahomes and back. Yeah. Robbie Anderson really takes advantage of the schedule that he's got. Stu's going to put up some points. That's right. Yeah, and and as the Lev Bell owner in our league, I am keenly aware of this sensitive schedule. So, Stewie, I, I'll say this: if Robbie Anderson breaks out this week against me, in addition to Kenyon Drake, I will send you a personal text message and just raid you for all that you are. I don't know what that means. I don't know either. I'm probably meant to say like berate. You went with raid though. And we all heard it. It's on a pod. This is audio content. We heard Raid. <laughs> Comment in the bragger chat if you heard Raid <laughs> in that last one. And Benny's lost control of the show. <laughs> he, can't, he can't get himself Moving together. on, moving on. Oh, gosh. So, someone save him from himself. Uh, all right, so let, let's move on to uh, probably the prettiest member of the Bragger League, uh, the one and only Mrs. Shelby Jones. Let's hear it for Shelby, everybody. Hey, yo. Clap. All right, so so Shelby currently sits in third place, record of five and three, putting up you know hella points. Um, so when we when we first uh, uh, early in the league, we thought that she uh, was going to be in the top six, and and we we're certainly correct. So think about Shelby is like this is the second year in in the league, and for back to back years, she's just drafted really well I feel like sure. the, the players that she's gotten including Chris Carson for $37 um, Grubbs I s- still hate that for you um, including Chris Carson like I just she's she's fielded a great team uh, with a really strong starting lineup now her, she has depth issues much like most of us in the league uh, but there's really no holes in her roster she she doubled down uh, she's a big fan of Matt uh, Burita. Um, she still has freaking Alexander freaking Madison on her team that I wanted and she stole from me in the draft. So, uh, nonetheless, I, I, I think Shelby certainly uh, has a strong team. I think she's certainly a contender uh, and definitely vying for uh, that first round bye. So, uh, what, what have you guys seen just f- from Shelby uh, throughout the season so far? Look, Shelby has had a different persona in the draft than anyone else. I don't know if that's a personality difference or because she's the only woman in the, the league, <laughs> but she comes into the draft. She knows who she wants. She knows how much she's going to spend on them, and she doesn't waver from that. Yeah. Um, I, I think she does a great job at picking a few experts to listen to, and she really buys in to what they're saying. I, I think the uh, the guys in the league tend to put some more stock in, well, I, f- I feel like this guy's going to do good. And we try to outthink the experts. We look back on past experience and say, well, I don't like that guy because he did me bad two years ago, or I really like this guy because of whatever reason. But she's going to listen to the experts, and she doesn't waver from that. She doesn't get emotional about players like, like some of us do. And it so- helps when you don't know who they are. <laughs> oh yeah, we'll see. Oh man, that was such a Noakes nose dig. I'm so sorry, Shelby. I still I'm sure love it you. does. We'll see if we can get her. We'll see if we can get her on later. Stay tuned. But look, do you have to know who they are if you've got their name on a piece of paper and you're going after them? I mean, I'm just, like, I'm just saying, she comes in it's with a tough plan. to get emotional when they're when it's just letters on a page, bro. <laughs> she comes it's in true. with a plan. She sticks to the plan, she and she has done outstanding. That's the reason she can do so well without making a single trade. She doesn't have to. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give. I'll give her credit. She came away with a draft that fantasy pros apparently hated on all of the projections, and and I said she came away with a lot of upside mm-hmm. in that draft and a great starting roster, yeah. and it's it's panned out. And 
it's interesting that without making any trades, now Fantasy Pros loves her team. <laughs> there you go. Whereas you look at my team, and Fantasy Pros says, hey, if you stuck with the team you drafted, you'd be hosed. Like, <laughs> zero on the power rankings when I, when I, I go back to my draft rankings. I feel that. That, it, that connects with me on the deep It's only through, through ads, drops, and trades that I have any power ranking whatsoever. But Shelby has stayed exactly where she started. Mm-hmm. And now Fancy Pros is caught up to the mind of Shelby Jones, and they agree with her. There you go. And I also, I mean, she stayed exactly where she started, except for she picked up Laxatives. Laxatives, you know, <laughs> great move. Which was just another another uh, player from that was formerly on Aunt Pam's Revenge that is now prospering on someone else's roster. Yeah, a former Aunt Pam alum. That's it. That's it. They graduate on to big things. It's just not while they're. They're here. That's right. They either come to your team to die, or they leave and find new <laughs> uh, life. That's right. That's right. Which reminds me of a of an of an episode of Arrested Development. Uh, Grubbs, you ever seen that show? <laughs> seen like the first season. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's obviously a dig because uh, Grubbs hadn't listened to the last episode yet, so he he doesn't get what I'm saying, guys. So be, be sure to let him know in the group chat whenever you get to this point in the podcast. Uh, so, um, so, so moving on, like, so what does Shelby need? She's also at the five and three spot trying to get into that first round by. So, like, her biggest performer up to this point has been, has to be, gosh, Lamar Jackson. So, Grubbs, what, what do you see about L. Jackson? How do you feel about his season outlook the rest of the way? Well, I was looking ahead, and, I mean, he's got – he's definitely – got, uh, if not the worst, one of the worst quarterback schedules remaining. Um, and so what, um, she has Mark Andrews attached as well. Yeah. And, you know, so that, that can negatively impact two of her players if Lamar Jackson can't get the job done. Now, so, so far in these tough matchups, he just runs more. When he can't throw the ball, and we'll see against New England this week, when he can't throw the ball, he makes up for it with his legs. And so we'll see if he can do that against in these tough matchups and how that affects um, you know the upside of her roster because if he starts to falter, his passing has not looked as good these past That's few right. weeks. And so if he starts to falter and he's not and and they're taking taking away him running, um, then we could see the upside of her roster kind of be zapped. So it's I think really the the whole season um, for Shelby is on, squarely on the shoulders of Ljax. Yeah, I agree. So I, b- I believe Josie hit us with uh, um, does the Shelby still own Gardner Minshew? She does. She does. All right. So let's call it right now. Shelby won't listen to this obviously before tomorrow. So in in our opinion, should Shelby start Lamar Jackson against the Patriots or Gardner Minshew um, Houston against Houston? Houston at home. I mean, I I would not, me personally, I would not be able to to bench Lamar Jackson with what he's Uh been doing, especially since he's been so matchup proof so far. Um, But I would say it's really close because Houston's secondary is completely devoid of talent right now. They're banged up, and Minshew's got had some some magical games recently, and that could be that could become a shootout style game at home versus Houston. That's true. So I mean, they lost JJ Watt last week. So point being is matchup wise, if we're just playing matchups. Then I would I would certainly lean the Minshew way, especially as good as New England's been. But I yeah. I personally cannot bench L. Jacks. Yeah, it, it'd be tough. But Lamar Jackson has had a, a pretty easy schedule. Yeah, and for sure. The only time that he's had a dud um, is when he played Pittsburgh in Week Five and he put up 14 points. Um, and so 
the New England game is going to be pretty tough for him. Minshew, when he played Houston back in week two, he only put up 16 points. And so they're a little more banged up than they were in week two. But yeah. to only put up 16 back in week two when was he played the same team. Was that his first start, team, or did he come in? Did he have his second stat? start. Okay. Second start. So he played Foles Kansas City. got banged City. up week one. Okay. He, he played Kansas City week one and put up 18 points. Right. I couldn't right. remember yeah, when Foles went, Foles went down. Yeah. 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 And then turned right around and played Houston and only put up 16. So it's kind of a toss-up, but I think you got to stay with Lamar Jackson. There. Yeah. I mean, yeah, his first start at Houston, and now he's at home with a much – uh, maligned Houston defense. I think it's a much different game eight weeks later. Yeah. Is DD going to play? Uh, they, I mean, they made a move uh, to call up one of the practice squad wide receivers. Doesn't look good, but who knows? Dang. Yeah. So I don't know. I'm going to Chark. That, that's right. So, <laughs> yeah. so just to be different from you guys, I'm, I'm going to say Minshew. Uh, just because it's not, not nothing against LJX, but I, um, when I was listening to the Patriots game last week, uh, they said a stat where like Bill Belichick is like. Uh, something like sixteen and zero against uh, quarterbacks under the age of like twenty four. It's just something ridiculous, and like their total QBR is something like you know thirty five. I, I don't know. It's just really bad, and so yeah. I, I just think that he knows something. Like he he knows where these guys, what they can and can't diagnose from where they are pre snap, and I just think that it'll be a tough matchup. Now, obviously, Ojax has the talent, but I'm gonna say you know, babe, if you start Minshew. You got my support. Here, I'll, I'll throw one last stat at you. Okay. Running quarterbacks do much better against man defenses than zone, and the Patriots are one of the most man-heavy right. defenses in the league. That's true. And so it's a good point. So I just I think he can get it done with his legs, even if even if he's not passing the ball well. Go that's, ahead. A, that's a good point. So uh, just to go ahead and round it out. Like uh, Shelby obviously has a lot of things going for. Her. She still has Mike Evans, still has Julio. So uh, as far as that, those guys just need to play. Well, down the stretch, and I think she'll she'll like her team. Josh Jacobs, Chris Carson, I think they'll be fine. Um, so a couple of things in particular uh, to finish out, that she's going to face both Josie and Stinton in her final five games. And so she just really needs to, to do well against those two guys, right? So particularly Josie, she may uh, – Stinton may be a little – far ahead to, to really be caught I, I, you guys may agree or disagree but you know at eight no that's a three game stretch on the league so um i think he's probably locked into that number one overall spot but but certainly uh that matchup with uh josie could be pretty okay, crucial out. he's got a two game lead on me yeah he's only got two on josie josie's much more likely to catch i, I don't think i'm going to catch him i'm not saying that. i don't think i'll catch him but two games um it, it it's it'll, close. It'll be very tough for, uh, for our head-to-head matchup is gonna gonna be key in week eleven to see who gets that number one spot. But that's right. Yeah. All right. So speaking of that, let's move on up to uh, our man, Mr. Uh, Josie Gibbons, and his uh, calculator, Mr. ACT, currently ranked uh, number two overall. Uh, well out of reach of the ACT. So uh, if we haven't said congratulations yet, just congratulations for not finishing last. <laughs> I, I cannot tell you how good this feels. You know, at this point in the season last year, I had other people telling me that I was so safe. <laughs> Gary, I, I hate to throw you under the bus here, but I re- remember specifically a conversation. You looked over the fire pit to me and said, dude, you are not taking the ACT. You are so safe. And I said, man, I, I don't feel safe. I will not feel safe until week 13 is over. <laughs> and I said, there is a formula in which I take the ACT. And we disagreed on that. And unfortunately, I 
I came in last. <laughs> I, I, will term, say what, I think the term is crapped the bed, Josie. <laughs> okay, I crapped the bed. <laughs> but also the guys that I was trying to beat had some, you know, gift-wrapped presents under the tree. Uh, they they got some matchups just absolutely handed to them, and I was unfortunately the low scorer in a three-way tie. And... Uh, <laughs> It just it didn't work out, but yeah, I'm I'm super happy to be at six and two right now, and I could absolutely miss the playoffs right now and just dance about it. So, <laughs> no, no kidding, no kidding. Well, uh, just a couple of things like, man, you you've got to love having Russell Wilson on your team. Has it not been great? Oh, for sure. And you know, I, I'd love to say that that was a strategy going into the draft, but. Honestly, I just I liked the value where I got him. Um, I knew about what I wanted to spend on a quarterback, and I, th- I thought he had some some upside. But um, I've been super pleased with how he's performed. Definitely out outperformed my expectations. So he, he's been a great add. Yeah, he's certainly playing at an MVP level. Um, in, in addition to that, so like you obviously have a strong team. Uh, you got to feel good about Dal Cook. I did. We made a trade, and he's on your team because of me. I understand. Uh, Nick Hopkins as well. Like you got to feel good about the game he had last week. So for just, sure, just as an overview, you've you've certainly played well. Freaking DJ Chark has been unbelievable. Um, so you got a lot of things going for you. Darren Waller is a guy that you're, you know, certainly have to be thankful to have on your team. Um, so uh, all all in all, six and two. I think you deserve every bit of it. Um, and uh, really happy to see you there. Uh, some of the key moves that you've made, I, I think you've done really well. Uh, I think you drafted well, but I think also you, you've done, uh, you've had several good moves like our, our trade, um, in which you got Cook, Crowder, and Waller, um, and you gave me uh, Chubb, Diggs, and Ingram. Uh, gave, I, you, gave you Chubb? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks, first. Uh, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta move on. <laughs> I panicked. I'm panicking. I'm panicking. <laughs> um, no, but I, I mean that trade's actually worked out for uh, for the both of us. Um, I, obviously, I would have loved to have Waller for his hundred yard two touchdown game, but uh, I think we've already talked about the Ingram flop enough. So uh, it, you made a deal. You gave up uh, Amari Cooper, who has been playing incredible, uh, to get Mac and my man Kitten Mittens. I think that was, um, yeah, I think that was a move by Josh T. Maybe desperation, not sure, but I think, uh, you know, who knows? I think you both may have benefited uh, from that so far. And then uh, you traded Mac this past week, I believe, to to in a Hopkins deal. So certainly, I think your trades have uh, just as far as star power goes, and just talent level i think you've i think you've done really well um so um yeah time will definitely tell um you know especially in in trading hopkins coming back and forth with some of those trades i realized that that shark has outperformed hopkins on the season which is surprising um but you know you got to think that a guy like hopkins uh, with an elite quarterback throwing the ball is is going to get some points and so if, if he can turn it around and continue to have weeks like he had last week uh, and put up put up those high points, then I'm going to feel really good about that. And yeah. you know, I, I've had guys that I traded away like Diggs that started doing really well right hey when yo. they left the team. Um, <laughs> right on, but right on Benny's bench. But so far, I think the trades have worked out well. Um, you and I talked about the trade where where we essentially swapped Ingram and Waller and considered it an up up yeah. trade for don't, you and a down for me. And don't remind worked, me, Josie, please. <laughs> thank you. It's worked out the other way. You know, I, I really thought I was taking a downgrade at the time and. 
they've more or less swapped roles, and I, I feel really good about Waller moving forward. He's passed his by, so of I course, feel really yeah. good about that. Um, but, yeah, so I, I think the trades have worked out well so far. Yeah, I was going to say, too, I mean, Joe, you've got a super tough schedule. You've got four of your next five are in the top half of the league. So, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's a, I mean, you definitely have the toughest uh, rest of season schedule. Um, and then weeks ten and eleven are going to be the crucial ones because you got Shelby and then you got Stinton for in sure. weeks ten and eleven. For and so sure. that's going to that's going to define. Stinton is my Biomageddon. I mean, yeah. all three of my top receivers are on by that week, um, so I might be handing that one to Shelby. And unfortunately, <laughs> we're we're in a fight to for second place right now, and so um, that may be just what she needs to pass me. So we'll see, but. Um, yeah, that's going to be a tough one. Yep, no doubt. Yeah, and and I, and I think just to add, you know, uh, you know, you got to, you know, if you could find a way to upgrade your wide receiver three and maybe that flex position, I think if there are any holes, that's probably what you're looking at. And all right, guys, look, we uh we appreciate you uh, tuning in this week. Um, this has been a great midseason recap. Um, really thankful. Uh, you guys tuned in and look. Uh, we we told you we keep it under an hour and a half. We're right at about forty two minutes. So uh, look, hey, look, great show, guys. Brett, I apologize for you not being able to be on. Missed you a ton, um, but uh, that's gonna do it for us. We'll see y'all later. All right. I wonder how many people just turned off their podcast and thought it was over. Certainly no one, because when you get to the end of it, it says, this podcast brought to you by Anchor. So we just sat there. Uh, No, we're not. Disappointed half the league, though. (laughs) No, we're not not quite done. We're not quite done. Uh, We're probably going to try and hit you with a little bit of some Noakes nose here in just a minute. But, uh, look, we got to give a shout-out to uh, our man – Stinton here. Stinton currently ranked at number one. Uh, so ho- ho- hopefully, uh, you sound so dejected in your voice about them. <laughs> okay, what what are the chances that Stinton y'all weren't is on- the y'all weren't the idiots that said he was going to go four nine? He's eight no. Like all right, I'm I'm live that every day. What are the chances that Stinton has already fired off an angry text before getting in that ten second gap? For oh leaving? man, I don't know. Mm. We'll see. Hey, Stu, when when you when you uh when you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and shoot us a text in the bragger chat and let us know if if you had already texted us beforehand or not. Um, so well, let's get let's get into it, Stu. Obviously, Senate eight and zero, number one in the league. Uh, nothing wrong with that. Your, your team's been good, right? I mean, so it's not like it, it's not like you're getting lucky. I mean, your team's put up a lot of points. I think second most in the league. So uh, you're doing well. Initially, we obviously project you as the bottom six, four and nine. We all know. We all remember. Strong prediction. Yeah, very strong. And I believe <laughs> Brett actually doubled down on it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so so he's he's double dumb, I believe. Uh, I guess. But uh, so we can't talk about your team and not talk about the New England defense. So, Josie, how, how many how many points has uh, the Pats D put up this season? So, Stinton and I talked about this earlier in the week. They've put up 167 points. That's um, impressive. Currently, I believe that's as much as the second and third team in the league combined when it comes to DST points. I mean, that's substantial. Uh, but Stu and I talked about it wanted to calculate everybody's talking about the New England's DST saying hey all right that's why Stu's winning he wouldn't have won without it <clears throat> while there is some truth to that we're only, we're only talking about three games there so take away defenses across the board 
Stu would be sitting at five and three. So yes, they've played. They've definitely played a role, but he's still got a stacked team. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I keep coming back to is the reason that he was predicted to go four and nine. And the reason that people were hating on his team was because of just the injuries at the running back running back position are just so common. And so he said, look, if something happens to Kamara, if something happens to Barkley, you're not going to be able to win. Well, something happened to Kamara That's and right. something, something happened to Barkley. Something and the, did happen. The guys ain't no. Yeah. And so somehow he has been able to, to just take those stereotypes, embrace them, and run on with it. Yeah. Uh, I looked earlier – he had 11 of his 16 drafted positions he spent a combined $15 on. Combined Solid. $15 on 11 players and is 8-0. and And so he, he picked up players that have just really outshined their predictions. And then he's made a couple of key moves, key pickups. Um, let's not forget that nobody drafted the Patriots defense. That's right. Everybody left the draft and said, yeah, we'd rather have anybody but the Patriots defense. And then he picked him up on the waiver wire and is absolutely taking us to town every week with him. Yeah. So, Jess, do you remember who Stinton drafted as his DST? Yes, he drafted the New Orleans Saints as his DST. Yeah. yeah who is who have put up a grand total of seventy one points, which is respectable, but yeah. seventy one points over the season, and he's dropped them for the New Orleans Saints to put up one sixty seven. That's right. That's a, quite a substantial swing, if if I say so myself. So, in addition to that, so like Stu, obviously your team's been great. A uh, couple couple of surprises. Uh, two, number one, Austin Hooper, right? So I believe you drafted your man Hunter Henry, who, as an Ole Miss guy, I already know you're a huge fan of Hunter Henry. Let's not forget fourth and twenty eight, shall we? Uh, but the guy I'm most surprised about uh, has been T. Y. Hilton. So. T.Y. Hilton's stats without injury luck have been just gosh awful. And and somehow Jacoby Brissett has been able to make him relevant. He's actually had a good season. He's had a lot of – you know, he's really efficient. His touchdowns kind of spiked his production a little bit. But uh, and, and that's another thing that Stenton took a lot of flack from at the draft. Yeah. He was high on T.Y. Hilton, and everyone kind of gave him some flack for, for drafting him so high. But he's done well. Yeah. He's about to miss him for a month. So yeah, that's right. Ty's hurt. That's right. And uh, so as far as far as key moves go, the 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 biggest move I think that 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 Stinton's made uh, this year would would be uh, a few weeks back he he made the trade. Uh, he shifted uh, he shipped Hollywood Brown off for Sony Michelle. Um, and at the time, Sony Michelle would have been pretty widely uh, considered a bust. Um, and then uh, when he moved Hollywood, he Hollywood hasn't played yet, and uh, Michelle's had, I think he scored a touchdown three straight games. So, so like that's obviously a big move uh, for Stanton. I think he's really happy that that happened. So, as far as um, it looks like he's locked in the top spot. So, but what do you guys see? Uh, like, what does he need to do going forward? Like, what can he do? What's he What's he got to have? How do you How do you see the rest of the season season playing out? We've already talked about injuries. He's had quite a few. Um, somehow has managed to win even with those injuries. And so I, I think his team's just got to get healthy and stay healthy. Yeah. He does have some tough matchups coming up. Um, and so he's got to win against me and he's got to win against Shelby. And so to stay on the top, he's got to have wins on both of those. And then um, just, just his guy staying healthy and performing. 
Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. I mean, Hilton, uh, T.Y. getting hurt is not ideal because he was lacking so much receiver depth already, but then he just traded Sony Michelle in the nick of time to get Tyrell Williams. Um, so, I, you know, I say that, but that ends up being a flex move anyway because mm-hmm. he's got Mosinu in his flex. Um, so, anyway, I, I mean, yes, it, getting Kamara healthy on the bye week, it would be huge. Getting Deshaun Jackson healthy this week would be huge. Um, so, yeah. I mean, Deshaun Watson's still going to ball. And then when you got Barkley doing what Barkley does, your team's in decent shape. That's right, yeah. So, Stinton, man, you just got to hang on, you know. You're going to you're gonna end up playing uh, the two guys closest to you. Or, excuse me, the guy and lady closest to you uh, down the stretch. So, um, I, I think if you slip up and lose to them, you, we find ourselves in a little bit of a tight race coming down to the stretch. But, uh, but uh, no, you got to like where you are. Uh, just hang in there, got to hang on, and uh, got to stay healthy. All right, guys, so that's going to conclude our midseason recap. We want to want to do a couple of more things uh, before we roll out for the night. We're sitting at right at about 50 minutes. You guys you guys know uh, that, uh, that this is kind of our cutoff here. Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. Sorry, it was me. I was mouthing something to Ben. It was like around white rabbit circle the other night when i was trying to tell him to get j ball his trophy and he couldn't understand for the life of him what one sign language was. is hard the sign guys. language is rough that's right yeah partly my fault i couldn't remember how to do a p for trophy that's right yeah it was rough. you could use the f and i would have got it or i would have thought you were saying trough <laughs> which actually is spelled well, with let's a, with let's a do a little anyway. nokes nose yeah are you are you down for some nokes nose benji yeah for sure uh let's let's see uh let's see if we can get her out here babe you with us What's up? Oh, look, there she is, <laughs> bundled up on a chilly evening. Uh, all right, babe, so we're going to hit you with a little bit of a Noakes Nodes. This is everyone's favorite segment. Uh, Grubbs, what you got for us? Well, I, I realize that Shelby does know a lot of today's current fantasy football stars, but I don't know if she knows any of the players from yesteryear. And so uh, for this edition of Noakes Nodes, Shelby, I'm just going to hit you with a couple of names, and I want you to tell me... If you can, if you even know what team they play for or position, I want you to right. just just go ahead and tell me. All right, so we're gonna start with Emmett Smith. Never heard of him. Oh, no! <laughs> Emmett no! Smith. Oh no, T. T. Reed, look, I am so sorry. I'm so sorry. I, I am so sorry. Oh no, I am so sorry. She she doesn't. She knows not what she does. Hall of Fame, Shelby. Oh, no. She she doesn't know. I am so sorry. Oh man. All right, that would be a running back okay. for the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, T. Reed. She doesn't know. <laughs> All right. What about Jerry Rice? He played at Valley. Yeah! He did play in the Delta. Uh-huh. I don't know if that's considered the Delta, but Missouri Valley. He was Valley's a quarterback. <laughs> 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 he oh, man. Oh, gosh. Oh. The Snoke's nose turn has really got, it's gotten rough. This, uh, by, by the way, just to, I mean, guys, this 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 lady right here who doesn't know who Jerry Rice or Emmett Smith is, is beating us like a drum. Everybody except for Josie and Stu, you can hold your head high. But right now, she's beating the rest of us like a drum in this fantasy league. That's right. All right, we'll we'll go. We'll we'll finish with one last one, Shelby. We're gonna go. Hmm. All right, I'm gonna go with John Elway. He also played for Dallas, right? No. Oh, no. no. T. Reed, I am what, so what, sorry. What position? T. Reed, T. Reed was wearing his jersey for Halloween. What color was his jersey? T. Reed was in a Cowboys jersey. Nope, that was Emily. 
I thought I never saw Tyler. What position not, did John Elway play? Is he not a quarterback? He was a quarterback. He was. You got one of six right, yes. and this has been your edition of Noakes Knows, Bragger League. All right, all right. So uh, before we send you guys out of here, um, I want to want to hit Grubs with uh, one of our favorite uh, "Who Would You Rather Have" segments. So you know that one of the players that I am least excited about on my roster is Juju Smith Schuster. <laughs> okay. The one and only. This is unrehearsed, by the way. I have no idea where he's going. The with one this. and only Juju on that beat, Smith Schuster. So Grubs, I'm going to name two players. You tell me who who you would rather have. Would you rather have the rest of the season? Not yeah, this week. Okay. Rest of the season. Uh, Juju Smith Schuster or Allen Robinson? Ooh. Mason Rudolph has done better with Juju lately. But you know what? Allen Robinson's been so consistent. I mean, he's been consistent. I mean, despite Mitch Trubisky being an unmitigated train wreck, Allen Robinson has produced week in and week out. I'm going to take Allen Robinson. Juju Smith Schuster or Manny Sanders? Juju. I'm going to take the upside. I mean,. The, the 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 passing upside is capped uh, in in San Fran, and so I mean they just don't pass the ball that often, especially when the run game's working. So, all right, Juju or Robert Woods? Juju. I mean Robert Woods literally hasn't scored a receiving touchdown all year, and I cannot trust anybody in the Rams offense <laughs> apart from Cooper Cup. So it's gonna be Juju for me. All right, Juju or Calvin Ridley? Juju. Juju or take a number one over a number two. Juju or Keenan Allen? Ooh. That's tight. <laughs> That's tight. But I'm going to take Keenan Allen. Okay. Um, I just feel like the target upside. Um, I, I, offensively, I would consider the Chargers and the Steelers kind of on par, and just in uh-huh. terms of offensive upside. Uh-huh. But I think target upside. Keenan Allen's just seeing more volume, and I'll okay. just take the volume. All right, Juju or breakout Cortland Sutton. Well, with uh, what's what's uh, <laughs> yeah, we don't know Allen. I can't even remember the quarterback that's net that's starting for the uh, for, for the Broncos this week. So I will Brian Allen or something. Uh, Brian like Allen. That. That's it. Allen. I will definitely take Juju in that scenario. All right. Uh, let's do a couple of more. Uh, let's do Juju or <laughs> how many Juju comparisons are we doing? Like the whole league. <laughs> Well, I just figured it was my guy. <laughs> you just selfishly want to know. Uh, Try not to hurt anybody else's trade value. That's right, yeah. Uh, oh, how about this? Uh, Juju or uh, F1 McLaurin? I'm going to take, take Juju still. I mean, I think yeah. I think because of Dwayne Haskins, I mean, I just if, – if I knew that, that he had any semblance of a quarterback, I would take McLaurin. Yeah. All right, I think that'll do it for us. Um, that's our edition of player comparison. <laughs> that uh, that is all my team. Obviously, Juju stinks, and no one likes him or wants him. But you better believe I'll be trying to trade him. It's coming up Fair week. Enough, man. Speaking of <laughs> trades, uh, oh yeah. All right. Speaking of trades, like just to this, just a friendly reminder: the the trade deadline is November ninth, uh, which is a Saturday. So what we're gonna do different this year than what we did last year is, if you guys get a trade in on the ninth, which is that Saturday. Um, I'm going to go ahead and push them through for Sunday, right? Is that a midnight deadline? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a – jeez. Um, I think J-Ball specifically requested a timeline. He, yeah. well, I mean, he wants a last-minute trade. Here's the deal trade. as commissioner. When you put it through, it'll probably go through for the following day. It may not go through immediately. It no, may, the, it'll the, go through immediately. The, 
I would just not risk that. I'm saying like I would put the deadline to make sure you're awake for it to put the trades through that night and not. <laughs> Bro, so my Vin, point is, you can stay up past midnight. I know. Okay, I'm just letting yeah, you know that you need sure. to put them through that night, not the next day. For so sure. All right, so we'll, we'll call the deadline midnight of November 9th. So that's going to be that Saturday night. Uh, Justin, Brett, if you've got a trade that you're working on, just shoot Ben a text. Say, hey, stay awake. I've got a trade coming through. Just. If you're working on something, give him a heads up. Make sure it goes through. So but, is the JR deadline the 7th? Yeah, I think that would be the 7th. <laughs> yeah, okay. it would, it would so if be. you want to trade Justin a player that he can then trade away before the ninth, make sure you get it in by the 7th. That's it. Yeah, That's it. yeah. All right, so guys, just keep that in mind. Obviously, we'll post about it in the uh, group chat. But uh, certainly been a fu- fun podcast, so we'll go around the loop here and uh, with some closing thoughts, Grubbs, what you got for us? Uh, I mean, it's been a long podcast, so I'm just going to say I miss you, Brett, and I hope to hear you back next week. Hmm. Joe's. All right, guys. If, if you're in the bottom six this this year, um, stay on point. I'm, I'm going to hand my calculator to somebody, and so if you don't want it to be you, make some trades before the ninth and uh, stay off the bottom. That's right. And, and I'll end it with a with a very pointed statement to Stuart Shoemake. Don't you dare freaking beat me this week with Kenyon Drake's 24 points. All right, guys. <laughs> we'll see you on the gridiron. <laughs>